Rudyard Kipling was a British author and poet in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. He wrote uh, works such as Gunga Din, The Man Who Would Be King, and The Jungle Book. Yes, that jungle book. I mean, Disney did a little something to it, but yes, that jungle book. He received the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1907. And unlike many authors of that era, uh, Rudyard Kipling had the opportunity to actually enjoy his success while he lived, and, uh, and he made a great deal of money doing it. Uh, one time, a newspaper reporter asked him, Mr. Kipling, someone calculated that the money you make from your writings amounts to over $100 a word. And Mr. Kipling raised his eyebrows and said, really? I certainly wasn't aware of that. Then the reporter cynically reached into his pocket and he pulled out a a $100 bill and he held it out and he said, here's a $100 bill, Mr. Kipling. Now, give me one of your $100 words. And Mr. Kipling looked at that $100 bill. Then he slowly folded it up and he put it in his pocket and he said, thanks, And I think Mr. Kipling was right. I think thanks is indeed a $100 word. It's probably, with inflation, uh, maybe more like a million-dollar word these days, right? And certainly one that that we don't use enough. And it may be easy to be thankful this week, right? We gather with, with people that we like, or at least the people we haven't seen in a while, and, and we eat too much food that we enjoy, and, and we have time off work, and, and maybe you'll even take a few moments as you gather uh, to, uh, uh, to uh, verbalize uh, your thanks and your gratitude for some things. Uh, but, but last week in the, in the message I asked you, and I want to ask you again this week, I know it's, it's Thanksgiving season and all of those things, but, but, but can we... Can we promise that we're going to take the, these, these issues of gratitude and thanksgiving to heart, not just this week, but throughout the year? Can we commit to, being, to, to pursuing gratitude as a lifestyle, not just as a holiday? I, I think we'd all agree that, that being thankful is an important thing. Uh, in fact, I'd say we'd probably all agree that gratitude is, is expected in life. Uh, we teach our kids to be grateful, right? We, we, as parents, we want to raise polite and emotionally aware, chi- aware children that say thank you. Uh, maybe when your kid has a birthday party or maybe around the Christmas tree and they get uh, presents, you know, you're constantly kind of uh, super vigilant to, uh, to, to, to make sure they say thank you, say thank you, tell uncle whatever, th- say thank you. Maybe, maybe you're out somewhere, maybe the grocery store or the bank and, the, and they get a, get a free sample or you get a sucker at the bank or whatever. Uh, and, and, and without even thinking before that sucker is even unwrapped, uh, we always say, what do you say, right? We want them to say thank you, and we're implying that there is a response of gratitude for this, this uh, free and undeserved gift. We expect gratitude. And I think that as parents, uh, <laughs> perhaps some of our most humiliating parenting moments arise from when our kids are ungrateful, uh, maybe you have some some family stories. One that came to my mind uh, this week uh, was when uh, when Nick was maybe I don't know he's probably eight years old ish, and uh, he had a fixation with with Viewmasters. We've gone through many fixations over the 21, 22 years we've uh, lived with Nick in our family. But for that time, view so Viewmasters, a little thing you hold up and it's got the disc and the pictures and the you know and you know it's kind of an old school kind of. Thing. But he loved these things and and uh, he would he would uh, had them all organized and. And so anyway, uh, 
He had quite a collection, and he asked for them for Christmas that year, and his grandparents, my mom and dad, uh, had gotten him some. So after the celebrations had settled down, uh, it was time to pull out the, the, the thank you notes, and, and it was my task to uh, sit down and make sure that Nick wrote these uh, notes to the people that had given him uh, gifts for Christmas, expressing appreciation, and so we got to uh, the, the note for Grandma and Grandpa, right? And, and uh, so I helped him with the first line we, we got dear grandma and grandpa and and then I helped him uh, you know thank you for the view masters right and Nick's ready to be done and sign his name but I said no oh, you know what we need to flesh it out a little bit more here we can't we got to do more than just one little sentence we got to probably come up with another line or two here and so he came up with the next line I like them a lot right and so then I well okay that's great that's good we could probably end there but let's let's you know let's let's do something let's uh, I'll read it to you and then uh, we'll just come up with one more line we'll read it back we'll kind of get a running start at this thing and so I I, I read it back I say here Nick here's what we've got so far dear grandma and grandpa thank you for the view masters I like them a lot and I promise you the next words out of his mouth at that point were keep them coming and I decided that two lines were enough on that card, and we signed it and uh, put it in the mail. Uh, we didn't write, keep them coming, on the, uh, on the note. We expect gratitude uh, from our children, probably because gratitude is expected, just kind of an expected thing in life. It's part of what it means to be a decent human being. Uh, uh, Cicero said that gratitude was, quote, the mother of all the remaining virtues. Seneca believed a spirit of ungratefulness ranked, quote, below thieves, rapists, and adulterers. And even more important than the philosophers of old, uh, the Bible uh, talks so much about gratitude and giving thanks. Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Psalm 100, verse 4, we read uh, earlier today at the beginning of our service, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, then praise his name. Colossians 3, 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Psalm 107 verse 1, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. And those are just a few of the the, the hundreds of times in scripture that God calls us to give thanks. In the Bible, this is more than just uttering a quick thank you to, uh, to a family member or, or to a, a store cashier or, or someone over the phone. Uh, in the Bible, gratitude, the word for gratitude in the New Testament is, is the Greek word eucharista. Now, uh, that might sound a little familiar because in some churches, we, they, they call communion eucharist. Uh, same word. Uh, the core of the word in Greek is charis, eucharista. Charis means grace. Grace, the unmerited favor, or I guess in more familiar terms, the blessings that we haven't earned and we don't deserve, the grace that is given to us. That's the center of the word for gratitude. Gratitude is rooted in grace. So Eucharista, gratitude, is an offering of thanks out of the abundance of grace that has been shown to us. 
I think that's a perfect word for communion, right? Uh, the, the grace that has been given to us, and so, so it, it, it spurs a response of gratitude. But it, it's more than just walking through a church sacrament. Eucharista, gratitude, is giving thanks to the Lord with pleasure and delight because we have received delight and pleasure from his grace. So no matter the circumstances, we can be thankful because of the amazing grace that has been extended to us by God. It doesn't just flow one way. Eucharista means that shows that grace is reciprocal. It's a cycle of, of giving and receiving all at the same time. It's grace abounding. Uh, by choosing to practice gratitude, we're, we're choosing uh, uh, the grace that God has, uh, has freely offered to us, and then we offer it freely back to him and to others. It's a lifestyle of gratitude. Gratitude is expected. And so, if gratitude is expected and it's rooted in grace, then grace in our lives should be noticed, right? Uh, if gratitude is expected, we should always be looking for the grace that is flowing in our lives and in the world. Because when we notice grace, when we notice charis, grace, we're more likely to be thankful. Unfortunately, we get distracted and we get busy and we get selfish and we're in a hurry and, and we don't notice the grace all around us, and then we neglect to give thanks. Now, we could, we could spend uh, the rest of our time, maybe the rest of our lives, thinking about the amazing uh, uh, world where we live and the grace that, 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 that we experience in, uh, in, in life, the little things, the big things. Uh, my life went, to, or my, my mind this week went to uh, uh, just, just the, the nature and the, and the world where we live and the, the amazing complexity of it all and, and the grace that is just, just abundant even in the lives that, uh, that we live. A couple weeks ago, I was a, a substitute teacher in a, in a middle school a science class and um, they were teaching me about uh, uh, about the earth's atmosphere now they were getting ready for a test on the earth's atmosphere and I haven't thought much about our atmosphere probably since I was a student in a middle school science class uh, and just take it for granted uh, but I was reminded in that, I don't know if I'm allowed to be reminded of God while I'm in a, a public uh, middle school, but I was, and uh, sometimes I even pray when I'm there, isn't that? Yeah, so, uh, uh, but I was reminded of how God has placed us directly in an environment that is, is just right for humans to survive and to thrive. Just thinking about the atmosphere and the complexity of all that. I mean, we don't have time today for me to tell you about the troposphere and the stratosphere and the mesosphere and, and what they consist of, and, and I wouldn't get it right anyway. But, but, uh, uh, but trust me, I mean, it's, it's incredible, and, and we don't even hardly think about it. It's just where we live, and it's what we do, and yet that's, that's, that's grace. A few days after that, I was in another middle school science class, and they were studying the periodic table of the elements. So kind of on the other side of things. So, so uh, uh, you know, they were, uh, the first class is about the atmosphere and all this big stuff, and now we're down to this little, you know, all the little elements that make up everything in the, in the world. Uh, there's, there's, I think I'm right, there's 118 elements that scientists have discovered that make up everything, and some are metalloids, and some are actinoids, and some are halogens, and others are noble gases, and I can't begin to tell you what any of that means, and I have no idea what makes gas noble. But... It's pretty awesome. It's amazing, the complexity of it all, and the fact that, that a lot of people have studied that for a long, long time and, and have, have figured it all out. It's, it's just, I guess what I'm trying to say is that we are surrounded by grace. 
We have been placed in a universe where we can not only uh, live, not only survive, but we can thrive. Where the, where the smallest details have been worked out. And, and we don't even understand it, let alone recognize it. I, I, I think we don't even think about it. We, we take it for granted almost all the time. I mean, I, I read this recently, and I, and I think it's true. Um, someone wrote, if the stars only came out once a year, we'd stay out all night and look at them. But because they're there every night, we barely look up. We have grown accustomed to the stars. I hope that I never grow accustomed to the chorus, the grace that has been given to me, to us, that is all around. I hope that I'm noticing and that in noticing that I'm grateful. We've got to slow down. We've got to look around, think, consider, allow ourselves to be amazed by the grace that is all around us. I, th- I think we tend to notice the things that are wrong more than the things that, that are going well and the ac- incredible grace that is, is just always there. Uh, last week we talked about not complaining, right? And, and I think that was your homework. I'd probably get a C uh, if I was to grade myself this week on how I did with not complaining this week. I caught myself <sighs> sighing a lot. And uh, I don't want to do that. And so I'm, I'm trying to uh, 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 notice the, the, the great grace of God, not just complain about the things that are, that are, uh, uh, that are, that are going wrong. It's, uh, not complaining is pretty tough, but, it, but it's so important. And, and it's so important to take the time to, I, I guess for lack of a better word, uh, better term, count your blessings, right? To, to, to list the things that we're thankful for. Maybe, maybe you have a, a, a daily practice of a gratitude journal and, or something like that. You're listing a, a few things that you're thankful for each day. I mean, that's great. If you're not doing that, I encourage you to, to do that. Of course, a, a lot of people do that, both Christians and, and non-Christians, and, and they, they have that kind of practice, but I'm not quite sure how it works if you're, if you're not acknowledging God. Uh, I heard the story of Harriet, Harriet Martineau, who was a sociologist in England in the early 1800s, and she was, also a she was also well known for being an atheist. And one morning, Harriet was uh, with her uh, friend, uh, a longtime friend, and they, they uh, stepped out into the glories of a beautiful fall morning. And as the story goes, it says, as she saw the brilliant sun peeking through the haze and the frost on the meadow and the brightly colored leaves making their way lazily to the ground, she was overcome and exclaimed, I am so thankful. I'm just so grateful for it all. To which... Harriet's believing friend asked her, Great, grateful to whom, my dear? She's an atheist. Who's she grateful? She's just thankful. But as, as followers of Jesus, our gratitude goes further than just a thankful feeling. We're acknowledging God as the source of all things good. He is the one who gives us grace, charis. And so we ex- explode or uh, uh, it bubbles up. Eucharista explodes or bubbles up from within us. We've got to be thankful for, for, for all of these things in our life, the grace in our life, but, but not, just, not just the good things that we experience each day. I think at the top of our list, maybe flooding through it all, has to be uh, if, if you have received the grace that has been extended to you in Jesus Christ. 
if you have uh, responded to God's love for you, if you are living in a relationship with God, then gratitude for the abundant grace of God that does not treat us as our sins deserve, but, uh, but looks upon our, our repentant hearts and, and extends forgiveness and grace and love. Uh, we must be thankful every moment of every day for God's love for us. Amazing forgiveness and, and abundant grace results in amazing and abundant gratitude. Or maybe you haven't gotten to that place in your faith journey yet. Maybe you're still uh, figuring out what it means to, to, to follow God. Maybe Thanksgiving Sunday, though, could be the perfect day for God to awaken your heart to his love and his forgiveness that he offers. The Bible says that, that if we ask him to forgive our sins, if we invite him to lead our lives, then he will do it. And that is amazing grace. It, it's it's the, the, the hymn, uh, once, I, I once was lost, but now I'm found, t'was blind, but now I see. Have you let him find you? Has he, uh, has he uh, uh, cleared your, your vision so you can see? His amazing grace calls for amazing gratitude. We've got to notice the grace that is all around us. Notice the grace of God that, that flows to us, that floods our lives, and, and, uh, and, and uh, recognize that. And when we do, we have to realize that gratitude should then be expressed. We can't just keep it inside. If we're grateful, we have to share it. I mean, it's, it's inherent in the phrase. It's, it, it's there. You probably have it on your wall somewhere during the, 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 the fall time. Give thanks. We're, it's not, it doesn't say keep thanks. It doesn't say hide thanks, hoard thanks. Give thanks. It's something that we give away. It's something that we express. We don't keep it to ourselves. Psychologist Hans Selye uh, said this once, gratitude produces more positive emotional energy than any other attitude in life. Uh, so it, it's good for us. It's not just, not just something that God tells us to do, but it's good for us and it's good for others. Uh, gratitude and thanksgiving, it, 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 God, God appreciates that from us and in us. It's part of our worship. When we gather each Sunday for worship, we, we praise him, we worship him, we thank him for his grace. And it draws us closer to him. It expresses to him that we appreciate all that he has done for us. And if we are not grateful, it has the opposite effect. It draws us away from him. Romans 1.21 uh, says as much. Uh, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. The result was that their minds became dark and confused. People who are ungrateful to God will soon fall away for their lack of gratitude. So we need to express our gratitude. And, and, and so, uh, you know, how do we give thanks? How do we express that? Well, we can say it, obviously, and we can do that as part of our uh, prayer lives. We can do that as part of our times of worship. But I think we, as we live our lives, if we're thinking of a lifestyle of gratitude, a lifestyle of Eucharista, then uh, we express our gratitude in a lot of ways. It's more than just saying it or singing a song. We say thanks to God when we spend time with him. We say thanks to God when we forgive others because we've been forgiven. 
We thank God when we serve in ministry. He's given us these, the, the gifts and talents and, and abilities and the opportunities to serve. And, and so, so we, uh, we thank God as we use those gifts for him. We thank God when we reach out to those who are hurting around us. Uh, we, we thank God when we give of our, of our time and our talents and our, and our treasures. We thank God when we praise and worship him from our heart. The, the list is, is endless, but I think you're, you're, you can see that it's, it's not just what we say, but it's how we live lives of gratitude. When we slow down and we take the time to recognize the charis, the grace in our lives as believers, then we bubble up with Eucharista, with gratitude. If God's grace is all around us, in us, and working through us, then we will intrinsically show our gratitude back to him. There's a familiar story in the life of Jesus that I think helps to maybe uh, wrap all this up today. Um, Luke 17 talks about 10 men who had leprosy and they came to Jesus uh, for healing. And Jesus told them to go to the priests and show themselves to the priests. And as they went along, uh, they were healed. And uh, we see in Luke 17, uh, verse 15, we'll pick up the story. It says, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Now, guess what? That phrase, and thanked him, is the Greek word... Uh, giving Eucharistio. It's the word we've been talking about today. The one man recognized the grace that had been extended to him and he gave it back. He expressed his gratitude. He gave Eucharistio. The, the story goes on to tell of Jesus' shock that, that only one out of the ten men came back to express thanks and he actually wondered aloud in the next verse, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? What? Why didn't they come back? Well, it appears that there was only one leper of those 10 who had fully received God's grace, noticed it, appreciated it, accepted it, and so he offered it back as thanksgiving and praise to God, Eucharistio. Only one, this one man, was the one that truly accepted the free gift and offered it back. And in so doing, that man received all of God's grace and salvation. In verse 19, Jesus tells this man, rise and go, your faith has saved you. He didn't say that to the other nine. They didn't come back and, and receive salvation. They, he didn't say, your faith has healed you. Your faith has saved you. There's something uh, deep and spiritual happening in this man's life that the other nine missed out on because they missed out on Eucharistio. The Bible is filled with, with forms of this word, charis, Eucharista, Eucharistio. And, and I'm convinced that in your world, because of Jesus, uh, your, our, our world is, is filled with the same. Grace, grace, and more grace. Uh, another verse in scripture says, grace upon grace. So are we noticing it? Are we responding to it? Are we practicing Eucharista? Are we living lives 
of gratitude. This is more than just a gratitude journal. I mean, keep a gratitude journal. I think that's important. If that's, uh, if that's uh, something that, that you do, keep doing it. If it's something you don't do yet, uh, try it out. That's great. But, but, but this is more than just, just that. I strongly encourage you to incorporate daily habits of, uh, of thanksgiving and uh, do that. But, but a lifestyle of gratitude is more than just a few things we do. It's, it's never losing sight of God's abounding, amazing, overflowing grace in this world and in our lives. And if we never lose sight of that grace, then we are prompted to express that grace back to him in worship and gratitude. Lord, we just want to stop and tell you, thank you, God, for all of the grace that is bestowed to us. Even in the midst of uh, difficult times, in the midst of the highs and the lows, we continue to live lives of gratitude, Father, because, all that you, uh, because of all that you have given to us. Lord, I pray for your blessings this week, that as we go from this place and, and as we prepare for, uh, for celebrations and feasting and, and all that will come throughout this week, I pray that you'll help us to be grateful. I pray that it would be evident to those that we gather with that we are grateful to you. And Lord, not just this week, but I pray that in the, the days and weeks and months ahead, that it would be evident that, that, that uh, one reason that it, that, that it is evident that we are your people is because we are people of gratitude and that we are constantly recognizing your grace upon grace upon grace in our lives. And we're giving it back to you in, in voices, in, in expressions of gratitude and thanksgiving. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this week. We thank you for our many, many blessings. And we pray that as we go from here, that you would lead us in, uh, in the ways that we should go. And we will respond in gratitude and thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.